Thursday. Welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast, presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're looking for something to help with pain, anxiety, or just an opioid alternative, Artisan Botanicals has what you're looking for. Plus, we're saving you 15% when you order online. Visit abotanicalcompany.com. Use the discount code COLBYSHOW for 15% off your online order. Once again, abotanicalcompany.com, Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. All right, my my weekly Wednesday guest is Aaron Davis. Aaron Davis, happy Wednesday. What's on your mind, my friend? Not much, just uh, hanging out. And, uh, you know what? I usually feel about some stupid stuff like the weather or something like that, but, uh, I'm, I, I want to bring this up now cause I will forget. I probably will forget if we, if I don't bring it up now, I, I am so annoyed. I, I I'm borderline pissed. Oh, by the, about the Yerman Mercedes thing, the home run they hit off of, uh, Asadio. I'm not mad about Mer- Mercedes hitting the home run. I'm beyond annoyed by Tony La Russa and what he said about it. Like saying that it's a big mistake and that uh, he was that your Mercedes was clueless to swing at that 3-0 pitch. Go F off, Tony La Russa. This is why people don't like baseball. It was 15-4, yeah. first off. Yeah. I understand that that's like bad uh, like etiquette, I guess. But It's okay, bad etiquette off, from a, people that are... Sorry ass losers. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. Right. And if there's a position player on the mound, everything goes out the window because the other team clearly has thrown out all efforts of trying to win that game by putting a position player on the pitch and throw it 47 miles an hour. Also, the fact like do people not know how hard it is to hit a 400 home foot home run on a 47 mile hour pitch? Yeah, it's the whole thing's frustrating. Look, this 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 happened with the Rangers a year ago. I don't know if you remember this, but as a Rangers fan, I was completely disgusted with the Texas Rangers because they were facing, I believe it was the Padres, and Fernando Tatis Jr. was at the plate, had a 3-0 count. I think the Padres were up like 8-0 to or something like that in like the 7th or 8th inning. And on a 3-0 pitch, he took one out of the park, and Chris Woodward was just pissed beside himself. And I'm like, don't fall behind in the count if you don't want him to hit a 3-0 pitch out of the ballpark. Like, why on earth would anybody sacrifice their advantage in a 3-0 count, A? And B, at at what point did we just decide that we were going to quit competing because the score was lopsided? Like, I don't like this in any sport. And, you know, you, you see people getting upset in football when teams, like, run up the score. And, you know, it's... If you don't want... Your guys swinging at the at the the ball, then take them out of the game. Right, like the or guys just, that are in the game the, should be competing regardless of what the score is. Stop being an old curmudgeon. Like what? Okay, so what if uh, Mercedes is looking at it like? I mean, he's he's pretty he's pretty he's a rookie, right? So he probably doesn't have yeah. it. But let's say that um, let's say he's a veteran. And let's say he has, he just signed this new contract and he's got a uh, like a bonus if he hits thirty home runs. Right. And he's looking at it like, oh, I could get a home run right here, and if that's one step closer to me getting like that five hundred thousand dollar bonus or a million dollar bonus for you know incentive or whatever, like 
like these dudes are professionals. Yes, they should all like. Why would they not continue to compete? Like just because the right. Twins gave up in that game doesn't mean the White Sox have to. Exactly. It's it's and absolutely it's, ridiculous. Tony Larusa needs to pull his head out of his ass. I look. I mean, this is what you get when you have a how old is he? He's got to be in his mid seventies. Yeah. He's yeah. You know, he was. I mean, this Very, is the same guard school, that, like, doesn't want people celebrating big home runs, right? Like, you hit a right. big home run, and people get pissed that you show any emotion. Like, these guys are supposed to be robots or something. It's Look, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it, and this is why people don't like baseball, because it's people like Tony La Russa that still hold a lot of power, and it's the same thing with the Baseball Hall of Fame. Like, it's a bunch of just Tony La Russa's voting in who goes into the Hall of Fame and dictating the rules every, like... It's just not. I don't know. It, it makes baseball not. I, mean, I love baseball, and uh, baseball is always going to be fun to me. But right. to the average fan or people that aren't really into the sport, like this is what makes it boring to them because they can't. Like a dude does a bat flip. Like there was a kid. Uh, I think it was at a college in Dallas. I don't remember what the school was. Maybe it was Dallas Baptist, but I'm not sure. There was a video that went viral of him doing a bat flip, and like people just getting so butthurt about his bat flip, but. Like, there was no context given to the video. Like, they were down multiple runs, and that home run put him, put him in the lead in, like, the eighth inning. And even then, like, just let him do the bat flip. Like, who cares? Like, right. I, I don't think we're at a point where these 22-year-old pitchers care if a guy does a bat flip on them. They just gave up a home run. Like, suck it up. Quit being a little B-word. And, you know, like, you gave up the home run. It's your fault. Right. You should be celebrated on. Well, how many times it's do you see a, thing, like, a pitcher get a strikeout, like, in a big moment? You know, maybe there are two guys on in the seventh inning and there are two outs and you're up by a run. Then you get a K to close out the inning and leave two stranded. Doesn't the pitcher, like, then, like, get all pumped up and stuff? So that's okay, but the guy hitting can't get pumped? Yeah, it's it's so stupid. They want to strip baseball of any emotion. They want to strip baseball of any sort of, like, activity once a game becomes lopsided. Like, for Tony LaRue, you're a bad manager, if you're not going to take the guy out of the game and you expect him to just quit competing, like take him out of the game, put somebody, give somebody else that opportunity. If that's the case. Right. Not to mention like the, the vision, the visual experience of watching a guy the size of Williams, Ostadio absolutely pitch to a guy the size of your Like it's like watching a beer league softball game and it was awesome. Yeah. And anybody that didn't enjoy it, it just, they're just F off. Cause it's, it's fun. Yeah. It didn't matter. It was just a fun, small moment in a one baseball game that's a, in a small moment of a big right. season. Like, it doesn't matter. We're going to forget about this in a week, but it's so stupid just to get upset about it. I just don't it's, know, it, Aaron, how all the six-year-olds that are playing for the Minnesota Twins are going to get over that home run and that devastating loss. Because, look, it was okay before that home run, but after that home run, I imagine all those guys went home and cried to their mommies. Right. Fifth, down 15-4, to four, nothing to be upset about. Oh, that guy hit a home but the run guy hit it, that a was, Yeah, count. that was the breaking point. Oof. Time to get pissed. Now we're pissed. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, this whole thing is like, it, it's kind of complicated too because there is there is a, it seems like some players there's like this ingrained thing to not show up their opponents and like, like Otani. Did you see the play that Otani made the other night where he was pitching and he kind of made this like, I like the ball ricocheted and he caught it with his bare hand and then he immediately apologized to the hitter. Oh, I didn't, didn't see want the hitter no, to I missed that, the, I guess. 
I, I believe it was Otani. I could be wrong, but it, I'm like 98% sure it was Otani. Yeah, the, the hitter hit a ball back at Otani, and it deflected, and Otani caught it with his bare hand and got the out, and like immediately Otani's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, like, I wasn't trying to show you up. Like, that's, I don't think the batter ever thought that he was trying to show him up in that situation. Yeah. But like, I don't know if that's just like a cultural thing with Otani being, you know, Japanese or, and all that, but I mean, I think there is too also, like, there are players that are afraid to just show any emotion because they feel like they're going to like cause trouble. Right. It's because everybody's so soft, right? Like, you should just be able to celebrate your excitement but level without the fear of somebody else getting butthurt about it because it offends them. Like, if you Kobe, have a big moment, it, celebrate I it. I don't think the players are soft, though. I think the only people getting yeah. upset are the people not playing. I, I think you're right. It's the people I, that are supposed to be tough. It's yeah. the people that are supposed to be tough, like Tony La Russa. Right. They get upset about this stuff. Yeah, that comes from a tougher generation, care. right? Yeah. I, I honestly don't think current baseball players that are currently playing care about that stuff. I think they like it. Because if the other guy does it, that means it's okay for them to do it. It's so stupid. Yeah, I I was uh, I was so offended by Chris Woodward throwing the fit that he threw last year when Tatis did the same thing. And to be honest with you, I was like, I hope the Padres beat them by twenty runs in every game they play, just because of that. that. I... Like, it... no, stop being a sore loser. Like, don't fall behind in the count. And then I think it was, um, who was the Padres manager at that time that I think also said, like, he shouldn't have swung the bat in that situation. Like, then take him out of the game, idiot. Like, if you don't want him to compete, take him out of the game. These aren't aren't six-year-olds. They're Major League Baseball players. uh, Yeah, it just blows my mind. Because, like, Tony, like, Chris Woodward and Tony LaRusso, like, they both played. They know that, like... They should know better than anyone. They, those dudes are not going to stop trying. They shouldn't stop trying. Why would they? Right. They're, that's their job is to play as hard as they can until the game's over. That, yeah, it's that's so literally what they get paid for. Yeah. It's, it's not like we're paying you to, to play 80% of the time. But, but look, if you, don't, if you don't run hard to first base every time, I guarantee you one of those situations will be pointed out at some point and then you'll get crucified in the media for it, right? And look, too, also, baseball is the only sport where there's no time limit. I understand. It's very, very unlikely. Like, you're talking about a lot of zeros after a decimal and then a number. The, the Twins could come back from that deficit in the ninth inning. But the game's not over. Right. What happens if they scored 11 runs in the ninth inning? Right. Probably wishing Mercedes would have hit that home run. I mean, I understand it's very unlikely, but... The game isn't over yet. Yeah. It's stupid, man. I'm with you. I I saw this headline, and uh, I was just like, I'm not, like, I didn't even want to give it the time of day simply because it happened a year ago with the Rangers, and I was so pissed about it. Yeah. I But I think, too, like, I don't think it's the same, but I think there's some similarities with what the NBA is doing right now with the playing stuff and all that. And like the old guard of the MLB trying to protect its like unwritten rules. I think there's a sense of like these two leagues right now trying a little too hard instead of just like letting the game be enjoyable and like it, they're different, but yeah. kind of in the same mold in my mind of just trying to force too much of the sport and not just 
we just change is good, but we don't always need change. Like the playing games last night were terrible. The the Wizards Celtics game was good for about three quarters, but I mean Russell was terrible. Well, it was good in comparison to the first game. It's I I still yes. like yeah. I had it on also, but it, it just I don't know. I was never really captivated by it. Colby, you're telling me that you weren't interested in watching the 20th best team in the NBA play the right. 18th best team in the NBA? Right. Nobody cares. Yeah. Like, first off, the the Hornets Pacers game looked no different than any of the regular season games. And the Pacers scored 144 points. Yeah. The Hornets were terrible, which is like, what do you expect from the Hornets? They're the 20th best team in the NBA. Their best player is a rookie. Like, do you really expect them to do anything? Like, best case scenario, right. they win that game and then they get swept by the. By the freaking 76ers. Like, that's the yep. best-case scenario. Yeah. Atrocious. I I, I, I was... Uh, I thought I would actually be excited about those games. Like, I, I think I said last week, I, I would like the games themselves. I don't like how it waters down the NBA even more. But, like, if you just put those games on an island by themselves without any other context, like, I think we'll get good drama out of those games. They were terrible, and there was no and like you said, more it, sense of urgency right last night than game yeah. than game sixty. Yeah, and like you said, they I think care. part of that is also just the the caliber of the teams that are playing. Like, I I think we I, I kind of took for granted the difference in major league versus the NBA. I mean, you're talking about the fourth and fifth best team in the National League and the American League competing for that spot versus you know the eight and nine or whatever, seven and eight teams in the NBA competing for that spot. Right. I, we, I, we talked about it last week that if the 20th best team or the 10th best team in the Eastern Conference or the American League would have made the playoffs last year, it would have been the Angels who were like 25 games under 500. Yeah. Like, these are not good teams. They right. don't need to be in the playoffs. They don't, they don't have need a, to be they, a I mean, they don't have a chance to win, bottom line. Right. They didn't play good enough during the regular season to earn an opportunity to get in the playoffs, in my opinion. It, it's so frustrating. Like, at least, yeah. uh, look, I think the Celtics have had a, they've obviously had a rough season. I think their team is good enough that they can make a first round matchup interesting, especially if you go, you have Jason Tatum going off for 50. And Jalen Brown's hurt, and that, right. you know, that, that hurts things. But, like the Spurs Grizzlies tonight, I think it's be the same thing. I don't care. Like I don't think it's going to be a great game. Lakers Warriors is pretty interesting because those two teams were actually pretty good in the regular season, and like that's an well, interesting and you have like game, the biggest superstars in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They the NBA absolutely lucked out getting that matchup in a playing game, right? But like still, if, if that had been four, the other way around where it's like Steph against the Spurs and then LeBron against the Grizzlies like I don't think anybody gives a damn with yeah yeah Ugh. it was just kind of like okay well it's there um and I was excited about it at first but I don't know what the games themselves also just did I mean you know we I, we just didn't really have great basketball being played so yeah we'll which. see We'll see. Maybe maybe tonight uh, kind of swings the pendulum the other way and we get two really good games. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious. I want to. I, I don't know if they've come out yet. I would be curious to see the ratings for the games last night to see if, um, like, they really, like, made a difference. Like, are people tuning into these games? I, w- I would imagine. I mean, I watched. We both wa- had them on, so yeah. they're getting us to tune in. But that's just... 
if the basketball is consistently going to be played this way and they do this from now on in the future, like yeah. I'm not going to tune in. I'm not going to tune in to watch the ninth best team in the East play the tenth best team in the East. I mean, I, I, there's a more that I'll, I'll just say most likely I will not pay attention to the Grizzly Spurs game tonight at all. I probably won't either. Um, I will check in on the Lakers Warriors game, and if it looks like a good game, then I'll probably stick with it. But if it doesn't, then I mean, for as much as you know, LeBron and and Steph Curry both are are must watch type of guys. Um, I don't know. I mean. The winner gets the seven spot. The loser plays again tomorrow night, right? Like, I, does it's still just one of those situations where I, I just don't feel like it's necessary. You're still not in that game seven mode yet. Like, maybe tomorrow. Here's another. Sorry. Here's another conversation, too. In that Celtics-Wizards game or the Lakers-Warriors game, what's the, what's the motivation for, like, Either of those teams, because if you lose, you still get a chance to get in the playoffs. Yeah, it's not a game seven situation. Yeah, right. So we saw. What, I think we saw with the Wizards last night. I don't think that they had any urgency to win that game because they knew they could play the next night and have another chance. Oh yeah, that's why. With how, how much time was left when Scott Brooks ended up taking out uh, Westbrook and Beal? Like four minutes, maybe. Uh, maybe I, minutes? I tuned I out. Know. Like when the Celtics started pulling away, I turned it off. But yeah, yeah. I mean. They but, yeah, I mean, it was one of those deals where it's like, I, you know, everybody knew, like, you still have another chance tomorrow. and Right. Why not just have a do-or-die game? I don't understand, like, why you— Like, I, seven I don't versus why ten one game... and then eight versus nine, and both of them just have the one game play in? Right. I don't—like, why have one game where it's do-or-die and the other game isn't? Yeah. Because the Pacers have to win another game to get in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, the— um. The Wizards tomorrow. Yeah, the Pacers play the Wizards. Yeah, yeah. So one game. Yeah, one game doesn't matter, and the other one, like one team has to win two games, and the other team only has to win one. I like. Yeah. I well, just, I guess that's I the that's the incentive to get the seven or eight versus the nine or ten, right? I guess they're trying yes. to somehow incentivize it, but I don't know that that really weighs too heavily. I don't think it does either. Yeah, it's. I, I think know. these dudes know, like. They're competitive, but they know that they're the tenth best team in the East. Yeah, it's the Hornets. I mean, and look with all these teams, they're they're all sacrificial lambs in the first round of these playoffs, anyway. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like I, I think probably maybe the six seed probably can push the three seed and beat the three seed, but the seven and eight seeds rarely ever yeah. push the one and two seeds. And in, in the NBA, we usually get the one and two seeds in the conference finals and the final. Like it's the best teams in the NBA almost always right end up where they should be. By the way, that the, there's been a conversation on Twitter uh, about which is harder to win an NFL championship or a championship in the NBA, and uh, I think this is a stupid conversation. It's clearly the NFL, clearly significantly harder to win a Super Bowl than win an NBA championship. Well, it's, I guess I let me rephrase because I say harder. Yeah, be, the best teams are always going to win in the NBA because they play seven games. Right. No, I, it's definitely harder to win win an NBA an NFL championship because you could lose to any team at any point. Yeah, uh, I, I think I go. 
Yeah, I, I, it's it, it's a tough one because they're so different. Um, on the same time, if you're the underdog, like you only have to win once. Right. Like if you look at it from the opposite perspective, like in football, you only have to go out and beat that team once. Whereas in the NBA, let's say you make it all the way to the NBA Finals, then you have to beat a team four times. You have to beat a team four times every step of the way. I think they're, they're both tough, obviously. Yeah. I think it... I think if you're a good team, it's easier to win in the NBA. Obviously, like it's significantly harder if you're not right. like the Lakers or the 76ers this year, or one of those top tier teams, the Warriors over the past decade, like then it becomes more difficult because you have to beat that team four times. Mm-hmm. But I think in the NFL, if you're the top team, it's more difficult because, like you said, you only have to lose one time. And yeah. I think the parity in the NFL is much, much greater than the parity sure. in the NBA. For sure. So, yeah, like a. I think I mean, it, yeah, I think it depends time. what perspective you're looking at it from. And for the NFL, like there are so many moving parts to a football team, as opposed to like the five guys on the court in a basketball right. game. I mean, it, right? Aaron Rodgers would have been to another Super Bowl if it was worked the same way as basketball does. Right. Like. What if your long snapper just has a bad, like a guy that literally like only touches the field a few times a game? Like, what if he just has a bad bad snap at a critical moment, right. and then like that's that's or the, the holder on an extra point, yeah, fumbles the snap in a playoff game. Sorry to bring up old memories, but oh, they weren't gonna do anything beyond that game anyway. So doesn't matter. I mean, you never, but it's the NFL. You never know. Oh no, I knew with that team. You never know, Colby. I knew, I knew. There was maybe if he doesn't. Well, maybe if he doesn't fumble that snap, his confidence changes. I don't know. I was just trying to hurt you. Thank you. You can uh, look. I've been hurt enough by them. You're not gonna I don't, do. I don't you're not gonna add any, anything to that. To that heartache. I don't have any playoff woes to like sulk about. I guess maybe Mike Jones tackling Kevin Dyson at the one yard line, but I was like, <laughs> I was like eight. Like it, didn't, right. it really didn't hurt me. I was just like, right. oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, not, I've got the- I feel sorry for like, I was, I was, I had this conversation like a week ago. Um, a, a buddy of mine asked me like, how does it feel to be a Cowboys fan? I was like, it's brutal, man. Like it's, it's terrible. Like they haven't been, you know, I mean, they, they've obviously, you know, a few years ago, the, the Dak Prescott team, Dak's first year was really good and really had a chance to to make a run at the Super Bowl. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers happened in that postseason. Um, that was one of those years where you really felt like there was a chance. Uh, there were maybe two Romo teams that I actually felt like had a chance. I don't know that I felt like they would get it done, but uh, had a chance. But, like, the bottom line is... There have been a lot of teams that have been way more successful than the Dallas Cowboys over the last 25 years. Uh, I feel sorry for the Dallas Cowboy fans that didn't get to witness the 90s because at least like I got to live through and embrace like that entire period yeah. where they were, I mean, the best team in the NFL. And I got to, you know, I got to go watch Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith and and Michael Irvin play in person. And so like I got to live through those glory days. But the people that weren't old enough or weren't even born yet that are Dallas Cowboy fans. Like, holy cow. Think about it. There's, there are Cowboys fans out there that became a fan of the team when Dave Campo was the coach oh. and Quincy Carter was playing oh. quarterback. 
like a, like oh, a year after brutal. Troy Aikman like retires yeah. and like just they're like, oh yeah, the Cowboys are awesome. Yeah, man, I just watched the little Giants. There were the Cowboys were the badass team. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna be a Cowboys fan. Oh, like, oh, where's where's Michael Irvin? Where's yeah? Where's Larry Allen? Where's think, all the good players? I think players? they had Joey Galloway around that time. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so around early 2000s for sure. Um, I don't know if he was he was in Seattle before Dallas, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, I guess my I've got uh, you know the Patriots beating Houston in the division round like every year, so that's I got that to yeah. you know reminisce about. But I I mean the one that would hurt me would be the Chiefs coming back. What was the score like? Twenty four yeah, to zero probably, or it was twenty four nothing. Yeah, yeah, because I. I really do think that they would have went to the Super Bowl if they would have won that game. Yeah. Because I, I think they, they had already beaten Tennessee at least once that year. So I knew they could beat Tennessee. And then you run into San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Like, I think that's a, a winnable game for that, that yeah. Houston team, especially yeah. the way Deshaun Watson was playing. Yeah, that one's rough. That one was a little bit easier to swallow because I didn't watch it live because I stupidly took a vacation during the NFL playoffs. So I watched it on replay, but... I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God I didn't watch that oh, live. I can't imagine. That's brutal. 24 20, to zero. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, that game was the downfall of that franchise. Yeah. I believe that's right. Ugh. From that moment, like it just, they've never recovered from that. And they probably won't for a while. Let's switch gears. How do you feel about uh, Major League Baseball producing a fifth no-hitter two months into the season? I mean, okay. So, immediately I'm like, okay, why? Like, how is this happening? What is going on? First off, there's been five no-hitters, and the Indians and Mariners have been hit no uh, four times combined. Yeah. So, <laughs> five of the no-hitters have come against two teams. Or four of the no-hitters have come against two teams out of the five. Um, one, I think it shows how, how significantly it's not easy by any means to get a no hitter, but how significantly easier to just have a no hitter than a perfect game. Oh yeah. Because I mean, there's been what 26 perfect games and there's been yeah. hundreds of no hitters. Right. So just another like testament to that and how difficult it is to throw a perfect game. I don't know. Like. Well, yeah, Turnbull walked it's, the it's, leadoff guy in the ninth last night, right? Like, he had a 3-2 count and, yeah. Missed one pitch. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be just a coincidence, right? I don't know, man. Um, I feel like because of analytics, and look, I'm not saying that teams approach things the wrong way, but I'm saying the impact of it is on the nights that you miss, you miss much bigger than you would, I think, the way that teams used to approach things. And there aren't as many just good hitters, right? Like, there aren't... You know, there aren't the like, defensive shift definitely helps. Yeah, the sh- shifts definitely play a big role in that. But, you know, there was a point in time where, like, everybody had a few guys in the lineup that weren't home run threats at all, right? Like, they, they were just, you know, they were going to go battle um, and, and maybe produce a hit along the way uh, to, to kind of, you know, just get on base, right? Like just kind of get on base type of guys. And I feel like, you know, more teams have gone to that 
mindset of like, we want all nine slots in our batting order to swing for the fences. And I, I just think the approach, the hitting approach is just completely different today. So on those days where, you know, you're, you're not hitting the ball, um, you, you know, you're not, uh, you're not getting the base hits. So. Yeah. There's not a lot of, uh, I mean, this is an extreme comparison because he's probably one of the 10 greatest hitters of all time, but there's no Ichiro's yeah. in hardly any lineups there. Yeah. Just going up there and perfectly fine. Just hitting a little dinky ground ball and right. beating it out to first. Right. The interesting thing too, though, is the Cleveland and Seattle, they're not bad. Like they're decent teams. And they've been no each one's been no hit two yeah. times. That is insane. Well, I saw a stat last night. The Mariners as a team right now are hitting 199. <sighs> I mean, that's 199 that's as a team. Oh. I'm a uh, I'm pulling up their stats. I want to see who the uh Mitch Hanniger leads a team with a sexy 262 batting average. Yeah. 262. Yeah, that's, uh, they have the Mariners only have one, six guys batting over 200. Now, like, I'll get, you know, they are a very young team. This still doesn't matter. I mean, man, they're 200. One, yeah, 199 is their team batting average. Like, obviously, batting average is not, like, that is a stat that has been thrown off the cliff as far as importance goes right. in baseball. And it's been replaced with a lot of, like, you know, OPS plus, OPS, all that right. stuff is more indicative today and like perform a player's performance. But if a guy's batting 192, that's still not great. Like that's still, I, I, I take that back. That's still bad. Like yeah, a sub, I think a sub 220 batting average is pretty terrible still. For sure. Even with the watered down importance of that stat. But yeah, 199 is. As a team. Yes. That, and As a team, that is. Like if, if I told you that and told you through, let's see, they've played 43 games. If I told you they're batting 199 and they've played 43 games and asked you to guess what their record was, what would your guess be? I would say they've won five games. Yeah, they're 21 and 22. Yeah, they're they game were under first 500. Place in that division for a while. Yeah. So I mean that once again that just goes to show you how much baseball has changed. I'm curious. I'm looking up uh, batting average. So Houston leads the league. They're batting 268. Okay. And then Seattle, oh, predictably last. Yeah. Batting 199. 199. 268, pretty good for a team batting average. Um, yeah. Just curious. I'm going to go back to 2007. All right. Oh, okay. 2007, the Tigers led the league. This is the full season. They hit 293 as a team. Wow. Yeah. There you go. The last place. But again, the approach was completely different. Yeah. Yeah. In 2007, the team that finished last hit 247. Right now, they would have the eighth best batting average as a team in the MLB. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. I don't know what. Do you enjoy this style of baseball more than, uh, like the baseball that was played 15 years ago? Like, do you do you think are you anti shift? Are you anti like analytics approach of you know? K's and home runs, and, like, we're just going to ride those out? I'm not necessarily against it. Um, I don't know. It just, I, don't, I wouldn't say I like it better or worse. It's just, it, 
just where the game is. I, I'm not against it because I, I think you just do whatever you can do to to win the game. Like, yeah, you know, it's I'm, like like the people that are anti shift. I'm I'm like in football would would we outlaw like allowing linebackers or corners to blitz? Like, right, you got to have a five Mississippi before you right. Can blitz. Like it's it that's crazy to me. Like you should be able to line up your guys wherever you want to line up, and if, if the other team can't take advantage of the open spaces that are available, right, then that's their fault. Like. This idea that we shouldn't let somebody go move in a position where you know this guy's about to hit it is crazy to me. Like, make him hit it somewhere else. Um, you right. know, like I, I think football, there are times that it's a little bit frustrating to see teams only try and hit the long ball. Um, but, you know, it's... Like, imagine that you have this guy that... Like, for just for example, you're at the bottom of your, your lineup and you're going into the final inning, and it's like seven, eight, nine. First of all, those guys aren't great hitters generally anyway. Not that they're bad hitters, but if you're batting seven, eight, nine, you're probably not a great hitter. So this idea that you would want those guys to like have to try and string together hits to score a run versus getting one swing to get a run on the board, to me, is like why that makes zero sense. Like you, you can decisively try and cut down you know, that lead with one swing as opposed to having a bunch of low average guys or not great hitters try and string together things. So, um, right. Well, would does, you rather watch, uh, would you rather watch Augie Garrido style of baseball where he's going to bunt his three hole hitter? No. Or would you no. rather watch the, or would you rather watch Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire bash home runs? Yeah. I mean, I'd much rather watch home runs. Right. Exactly. I'm not saying, I, I mean, th- you, there's certainly a place to move runners, but, um, well, yeah, the, the strategy from the game yeah. is never going to disappear. Like, yeah. not every like not every time you swing the bat and you try to hit a home run, it's not always going to be a home run. Sometimes you're going to nub it off the end. And you're going to get a dinky single. Like, you're still right. going to have right. Like, it's baseball. It is unbelievably hard to hit a a baseball with a bat. Yeah. Let alone when it's coming at you 101 miles an hour, which I think is another you know testament to the league right now. Is I think the pitching right now across the league is significantly better than what it was 15 years ago. Oh, by miles. By miles. Yeah. Like, everybody in the league can throw, like, 97. Yes. Like, it used to be a really impressive thing to throw high 90s. Like, you had gas if you were throwing high 90s. Now, like, if you can't throw high 90s, it's like, what are you doing? You better have some really special stuff if you're pitching at this level and can't hit high 90s. Yeah, 23 years ago, like... Billy Wagner was like, oh, that dude just throws cheese. Right. Like heat. He's only like 97. Yeah. <laughs> every, a, guy in, every guy in baseball does that now. Every guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yes, I think the pitching, I mean, we have a, you have a, you have a pitcher, that, I guess a right fielder. I mean, he's a pitcher, but like you have a pitcher that's throwing 101 and hitting his 14, leads league in home runs right now. Like, yeah. I mean, that's just fun, but like he, he's hitting 101. He doesn't even, he's not even a full-time pitcher necessarily. Like he splits his time. So yeah, I think the pitching is significantly better. I think that, I mean, I don't know about like the Tigers. I mean, I know that the dude throw a new hitter, throw a no hitter last night, but like, I don't know about the Tigers and teams like that as far as like they're one to five in their rotation. But like, there's a lot of teams that have pretty good rotations. Yeah. 
one to five. For sure. And I don't like twenty years ago you were throwing out scrubs in your fifth spot. Yeah. Well, like last night, um in Turnbull's no hitter, um, I tuned in for the ninth inning, so I caught the final three outs, but like he was throwing ninety six in the ninth. Yeah. Like I remember there was I, I don't I don't know how old I was. I was watching like an ESPN like Sunday night baseball game or something like that. This was probably like late 90s, maybe early 2000s, somewhere in that that range. But I remember Bartolo Colon, I think he was still pitching with the Indians at this point. Like this was still when he was a really high level pitcher uh, before he kind of became a journeyman. But I remember watching him pitch in this game and it was like the eighth inning and he was throwing like he was still throwing like 97 or 98 miles an hour. And the broadcast crew was making like this massive deal about how this guy still in the seventh or eighth inning was throwing like 95 plus after he had thrown like, you know, 90 or 100 pitches. And, you know, again, that's that just shows you how different pitching is today, because, you know, last night Turnbull's throwing 96 mile an hour fastball in the ninth inning. Like it's it's just we see it all the time. Uh, It it doesn't seem that special. Hmm. What was his pitch count out? Do you remember? Uh, I don't. Yeah. That is interesting because the Bartolo Cologne thing, that definitely was pre like pitch count management and all that stuff. Yeah. Like being super anal about like, Oh, he's at 95 pitches. Gotta, gotta, we gotta get him out real quick. So yeah, it's be funny that like, we're just freaking out about him throwing 90, 98 and seventh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, People didn't have, first of all, there weren't that many guys that had that kind of juice anyway. No. But to have that kind of juice, you know, after they've thrown 90 pitches, uh, yeah, I just, I, I, distinctly, mean, I distinctively remember the broadcast crew just being blown away by the fact that he was still throwing that kind of gas late in the game. That's one of the things that's always kind of blown my mind when I would watch games from like the 80s. Is that dudes are going out in the? I mean, obviously there's Roger Clemens. There's other, there are exceptions, but there's a yeah. lot of starting pitchers going out there throwing like 88 mile an hour fastballs, and I'm like, yeah, how are these dudes just not yeah. torching this dude? Mm-hmm. But the but, difference, uh, the biggest difference was a lot of those guys had a lot more pitches in the arsenal. Uh, sure. They were changing speeds, changing locations. Um, so, which is compl- I mean, if you're good yeah. at, it, you're good at it. Greg Maddox made yeah. a Hall of Fame career out of it. He's probably I personally think Greg Maddox is the best pitcher. I don't want to say ever because obviously there's a lot of pitchers I didn't see, but like yeah. it's more in my lifetime, he's the best. Yeah. But yeah, I mean you can make it work. Uh, I am curious though, since there has been there was no hitter last night. What uh, what is your like the most impressive pitching performance you've ever seen so, in the major leagues? So I have two. Uh, one of them I got to witness in person, and that was a perfect game. Uh, at old 89er Stadium, Rick Helling for the Oklahoma City 89ers AAA uh, affiliate of the Texas Rangers pitched a perfect game, and it was like, it was so cool to be there. I was I was probably like 16 years old, maybe. Um, but to witness a perfect game is just like one of those rarities that not many people get to see. So that it, that like you know when you get to like that seventh inning and it's still there and it starts to become something that you think is obtainable, like. That sort of energy is just fantastic because every pitch you're just like hoping, you know, isn't isn't a hit or a home run or something, yeah. you know, th- that's going to be catastrophic hey, to, see, to the cause. To see a perfect game, too, because when we talk, I mentioned a second ago is how 
unbelievably rare it is to see a perfect game. Like that's like that's something that like an umpire can ruin on a on a yeah. borderline call. Yeah. Or your second baseman can flub a ground ball or right. a throw and like has nothing to do with the pitcher. So yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. To see a perfect game is pretty awesome. My uh my my dad was at a uh he saw Mike Scott's no hitter. Oh yeah. Uh, for the Astros, like I think it was like '86. Yeah, he yeah. was at that game, and he always talked about that. Apparently, his car broke down on his way home. So, I guess you know, consequences. Oh well, still a good day, right? You got yeah. to see a no hitter, right? So we got a no hitter yeah. in a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. That so so seeing a perfect game is you know is is at the top, but you know that was AAA. It wasn't major league. So the most impressive thing I've ever seen from a major league standpoint was. I, I watched live, not not in person, but on television, the Kerry Wood 20 strikeout game. Yeah, that's... If and, I had to pick... Yeah. The movement on his, his pitches that day was just out of this world. Like, I just remember... And, and I, like, a couple years before, Kerry Wood had been in AAA for the Iowa Cubs, and they had come through Oklahoma City. So I had met him... Like, had him sign a baseball. Like, I knew that he was, like, a massive... He was, like, a huge prospect. Like, everybody knew this was, like, a can't-miss kind of guy. So, when he came to town for the Iowa Cubs at that point, like, you know, the thought was, this guy's going to be a future, like, Cy Young winner. Uh, so, I, I met him, got his autograph, all that good stuff. So, I already kind of had, like, a rooting interest for him anyway. Uh, and then to see him just throw that game, holy cow. Like, his stuff was filthy. Yeah, if I had to pick one game, it's the Kerry Wood game. And, uh, so 98 was the first year that like, I started following baseball and like, I went to a few Astros games that year. So I remember like, I was, I was definitely into the sport. I don't remember if I watched that game live. I want to say I probably didn't, but I have definitely watched it a couple of times since then in it's entirety. And it's yeah, the, the, just absolutely insane. And the, the fact that it was what, like his fifth start ever. In his career, I don't even remember. It was I know it was his rookie year, yeah. and it was pretty early. It was like May or June, so it had yeah. I mean, he made a couple of starts before that. Um, now he's one dude though that I I wish that he wouldn't have gotten hurt because who knows what he could have done if he would have stayed healthy for his entire career or most of his career. Because yeah. yeah, he was his rookie year. He was ne- unbelievably filthy, and like you said, he was a can't miss prospect. I was trying to think if I've ever like actually watched the majority of a perfect game pitched at the major league level. And I don't think I have like, you know, with social media now you get made aware of these things happening, like in the later stages of them. And then you catch like the final couple innings or something like that. But I don't, I don't think I've ever like been in front of a television watching any of the games that have actually taken place that way. I mean, there's only been what 26 ever something in the twenties. Yeah. And then there's a thousand games a year. So right. like just the odds of you watching that game from start to finish are unbelievably small. So, yeah, I mean, I, I no, I was going to say I might have watched Matt Keynes against Houston, but Houston was so bad at that point that I, I know I wasn't just tuning in on a random weekday night to <laughs> right. watch, watch Michael Bourne hit leadoff for an Astros team that was going to win oh. 70 games. Yeah. Yeah, I. No, I'm I'm looking through them. I I didn't watch any of those. 
Like I remember I caught the end of the Felix Hernandez, which was the last one, by the way, the Felix Hernandez Mariners game. I'm, I, I think at that point, um, they had like tweeted something about it. And then ESPN, I think cut in for the final like inning or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think um, maybe the same thing with the Kane game. Um, and beyond that, I think I, the other ones just, yeah, you like find out about the next day or on sports center. Right. I, I know I watched, I saw the end of the Dallas Braden one because it was on a, it was on mother's day. So it was a Sunday and yeah, I mean, we were just sitting around. So I, I know I caught the end of that one, but yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's just one of those things and it sucks too, because they're so rare and so I, awesome, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they, but it's just so hard to find them because they're so rare and there's so many games that the odds of you just watching pitch one to the last pitch is just yeah. good luck. I mean, you have to watch every game of a team and just get lucky that night. Right. Yeah. I've watched a lot of no hitters. Yeah, I've seen yeah, I've seen multiple no, no hitters. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty what, twenty three total? I just had it up. Perfect games. Yeah. Something that, like that. Yeah. It's in the twenties. Yeah, I just had it up a second ago, but And there was what? Wasn't there four the in twenty twelve or twenty eleven? Was there? Or there was multiple that year, right? Because it was fe- what there were three in twenty twelve, yeah. Right. And then Dallas two Braden, in twenty ten. So we've had five. So we had five in those two years, and we haven't had one since twenty twelve. That's like forty percent of the no hitters. Right. Like thirty like Yeah. Well not forty percent. Twenty percent maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'm bad at math. I, I remember matter. though at that point, like people were talking about like what you know, all of a sudden there's been like five in the last couple of years. Like is baseball changing? Are hitters worse? Is pitching better? Like <laughs> I, they're probably Basically should have been the same thing we're doing that. today. 2012 also, no, I think it would have been 2010, the Armando Galarraga game, which should have been a perfect game. Yeah, it should have been a perfect game. Jim Joyce. But that was in, the, that, was in that same window. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. What an awkward moment for Jim Joyce. For real. <laughs> Kept his job though, right? He's yeah. still umpiring, pretty sure. I think yeah. he is, yeah. Uh, and that is uh, that is my segue to awkward moments because last week we talked about uh, how awkward it is to walk into a bathroom with a stall door open and there's somebody just sitting there, pants down, dropping the deuce, and uh, you walk by checking to see if stalls are open and you guys make eye contact. It's it's one of the most awkward things that can possibly happen. So Okay, well, first off, why are you making eye contact with them? Well, it's not that you're trying to make eye contact. It's that you're just walking down, you know, you're, you're looking in the stalls. And as you look in, there, there's somebody just sitting there. And sometimes... I, that's the worst part, ugh. though, because when you, when you look in a stall, you're not looking up, like, at eye level. At your eye level when you're standing, you're looking at the toilet. Well, like, I gotta... First off, I gotta check People sitting on the toilet aren't eye level anyway. Well, and usually saying, they're though, somewhat kind of, like, crouched over. That's what I'm saying is when you look into a stall, you're always looking down at the toilet. Right. Especially in a, yeah, because right. like you got to be like, okay, is this thing just absolutely destroyed? Did the person before me not flush? Like, I'm not trying to walk in here and just assume yeah. that we got a clean situation. So like you're looking directly just right at their crotch or their legs or like, you're not like, 
instinctually just like, oh, I got to keep it neck up here. Well, no, no, no. You're yeah, you're looking that way, but like it's if they're kind of like push like hunched over, you know, trying to get maximum leverage, then their eyesight can hit your eye line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll give See you. See what that. I'm saying? Like, yeah. Could, yeah. The angles could work out if. Yeah. It's not. Uh, they're crouched over. But first of all, shut the door if that's if that's a possibility. I think was the theme there. I look. You're some kind of psycho if you don't like make sure that that stall door is locked at least ten times. Uh. If you. Yeah. There's something wrong with you, or you've just given up if you're just going to go drop a deuce in a public toilet and leave the door open. Yeah, look, there should just, I look, in my opinion, there is just an instinctual level of shame by taking a dump in a public bathroom. Absolutely. Let, al- let alone, like, to the point where you're not going to lock the door or yeah. make or shut the door yeah. all the way. Yeah, that's... That's next level. That is like beyond next level. Yeah. Insane psycho. If I am dropping a deuce in public, it's because if I don't drop it in public, it's going to be dropped in my pants. Like I, it, it's at that level for me to like, if yeah. I'm at like a target, it has to reach the level that I don't believe like I'm going to make it out of there without shitting my pants that I use their restaurant. Right. And yeah, it's gotta be that level. And even for me, I'll speak for me personally. I'm sitting there and I'm just like, you're scum. You are, you're oh, yeah. Yeah. scum of a human being right. for doing this. What are you doing in with public? Your, yeah. You disgusting. You, you have a home, <laughs> you have a job and a home that you pay for <laughs> and you're pooping in a target bathroom right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So I told you come up with, uh, with things that you, that you find to be incredibly awkward. That kind of like, okay. you know, along those lines. I don't know if I have any that's that level of awkward. Well, yeah, that's that's, like, that's kind of at the top of the list. Yeah, that's peak level. Uh, so what? Look, this is this is a personal thing. Other people may not find it as awkward, but it, I'll think about it for like five minutes after it happens, and just like punch myself in the face. So I, like when you go to a, like a movie theater, or you're eating at a restaurant, and the uh, like the employee says, "Oh, enjoy the movie." And you hit him back with the, oh, you too. <laughs> that eats at me for like 10 minutes. I'm like, God, I'm such a dirt bag. That's funny because I, just, I do that all the time, but I don't even give a damn. Like, it's just like, whatever. I I feel so, I don't know. I feel so guilty because I'm like, I'm about to go enjoy this awesome movie, enjoy the soda and popcorn. And they got to yeah. sit there and like, make, like, f- listen to people like complain about the popcorn not being buttery enough. Yeah, maybe that maybe that just makes me a terrible person that uh, I don't feel bad about saying you too when no, I like enjoy the movie. I think it's 100% just Yeah. I think it's 100% just uh me making it a bigger deal than it is. All right, so along those lines, here's one. Um I've actually got two for to kind of like go along with this. One of them is when you meet somebody and you're like, "Oh, nice to meet you." and they say, "We've met before." Oh, that's, that's terrible. Especially, I don't remember anybody's names on the first time. Well, no, this isn't like the, that's a separate one. Like when you know you've met somebody, but you can't remember their name, that's a separate deal than 
Like literally like saying, hi, n- you know, nice to meet you. And you literally don't remember ever meeting them. They're like, oh yeah, we met one time at like a Walmart. I, you know, and you're like, I, sorry, I, I, I'm not trying not to remember you. It just, you know, what do you say? What do you say when somebody says, oh, we've met before? Do you say something like, well, then maybe you should have oh, left sorry, a better guess- impression or like, yeah. I'm kidding. Sorry, I guess but, you're pretty forgettable. Yeah. Because I've, I've like had, and, uh, and also, is it douchey to tell somebody that? Yes, 100%. That's on them. You know what? You forgot. That's on them. Because I, I, okay, like, I, I will. If, if I've met somebody multiple times, maybe, and they break out the, like, nice to meet you, then I, pr- then in that situation, I probably would be like, uh, yeah, we've met, but if we met one time and it was like one of those deals where like, maybe you're in a, at an event and somebody introduces you and you, you like shake hands and say hi, and then you go on about your business. Like nobody's expected to, unless you have like an actual conversation or some sort of interaction beyond like somebody simply saying like, so-and-so, this is so-and-so you shake hands and that's the end of the, like the interaction. Then I don't think you should be held liable for having to remember that specific interaction. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's look, especially if you like enter in a world where you're meeting people a lot, that's yeah. Pretty reasonable to not remember somebody off a brief handshake. Yeah. I I've done this a couple of times and I don't know if it's as, uh, inexcusable as the, you know, Oh yeah, we've met already move on somebody which is i think that's pretty douchey uh the oh i don't know if you remember me line i've dropped that a few times and i'm always like what a douchey thing to say yeah like because you're just immediately putting them in this awkward position position where they either have to lie to you about remembering you or they have to admit that they don't remember you (laughs) yes either way it's a yeah it's because if if so you're at I, the point where you're saying I don't know if you remember me, then like you already know that there's a decent chance they don't. They probably don't. Yeah. yeah. So I I've done that a couple times, but I after like the second time, I was like, that's I'm not gonna do that anymore. That that was uh that was awkward because uh, yeah. you're just immediately starting the conversation off awkwardly. Yeah. I think the best thing to do is just assume that they don't remember you, but don't acknowledge it. Yeah. Um, how, I've, how about, I've got uh, I've got one real quick that uh, is okay. is along those lines, and I'm still shamefully embarrassed of this interaction to this day. Like I I still think about it, and I absolutely cringe at the thought of this. So this is probably like seven or eight years ago. I'm at this uh, I'm at this event, having a good time. Uh, maybe maybe longer than that. Maybe like ten years ago. Anyway. This uh, this female that I had a massive crush on a long time ago was also at this event. Now, I never had any, any, any sort of interaction with this person in my life to this point. I just knew who this person was and massive crush, like thought she was, you know, hot, all that stuff. So anyway, so I happened to notice her at one point uh, during the night but like, you know, again, like never any, any interaction or anything like that. So at the end of the evening, as I'm leaving, um, she like somehow were, I think we were like maybe exiting the place 
at the same time. And she's like, hey, Colby, how are you? And uh, I was like, so startled by the fact that this crush that I've never had any interaction with at all, like not only like knew me and stuff, but also like initiated the conversation that I went into total panic mode. And I, I, you know, I, I basically just like said hi and didn't really like, there was very little coming back from me. So she said something along the lines of, um, like, you know, we went to school together, blah, blah, blah. And I, this is, I'm so ashamed to even talk about this. Like I went the route of like, I didn't remember who she was. Oh, <laughs> cause I didn't know what to do. I was so panicked. I had no oh idea what to do. And I don't know why is- I did that. I literally to this day, don't know why I pretended to not know who she was, but for some weird reason, my panic sent me into this spiral of like acting like I had no recollection of like going to the same school as her or knowing who she was. That that is probably the one of the worst moves you could make with the lady. It's oh yeah, just pretending like I don't even know you existed <laughs> until this moment. That that is that is up there on like surefire strikeouts, like like three pitch strikeout. Well, that's the thing. I didn't like. I didn't think that there was any. There was no attempt for me to like make this work in that moment. It was just like pure panic, panic. not knowing what to do, completely caught off guard, and uh, yeah. And I went the I don't remember you route, which to this day, like literally, I'm I like my skin is crawling even telling this story about how shameful I am with that reaction, and like. I don't oh, okay. e- it wasn't even a conscious decision. That's the weird thing. Like it just literally was just like it just happened. It was literally like something possessed my body and decided to react that way. So awkward. You probably crushed that girl. You probably crushed that girl too. She's like, damn, I'm just completely forgettable. Ugh. Uh that's that that is uh that is definitely up there awkward. Okay, I've got you, a couple you, you of you want the uh, next level of awkward for this? Yeah, yeah. Like a week later, I end up DMing her, and like tried <laughs> to tried to salvage it with like, "Hey, I you know I, I do I, I remember you now." Uh, and that's worse. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And it was no. Uh, it took me a week. It took me a week, but I I think I remember you now. Yeah, yeah. Needless to say, that a, never took off ever. But can't imagine why. Yeah, I've got a uh, I've got a couple of general ones for okay. us. And I've got a uh, I've got a specific story that happened to me. Okay. Uh, I think the cliche one is like watching a sex scene with your parents. Yes. It's like watching a movie. Yes. That one. I I I feel like there's like a threshold you can break through at some age where it becomes not awkward, but I haven't reached that yet. Uh, yeah, I don't think there is a threshold. Yeah. Uh. Uh. This happened to Rosie the other day. Um, when you call the teacher mom. Oh, nice. Did you ever do that? No. I, did, I remember doing it a couple of times and I was like, uh, I'm scum. <laughs> uh, speaking of teacher, um, whenever the uh, teacher would like bend over to help another student that was sitting next oh, to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was brutal. I had a couple of teachers that, uh, I remember I had a math teacher in middle school that would hike his one of his legs up on the desk oh. next to you while he was helping you. Yeah, that's and the it was, worst. 
Oh my god, that's <laughs> so bad. I, I wonder if he was doing it intentionally, or if he was just like some like oblivious old man that didn't. You probably get attention. fired for that in 2021. Oh, 100%. Yeah. If I would have known that was a thing, I would have I would have told the principal, and like, <laughs> dude, this guy's just like shoving his crotch in my face every day. <laughs> He's sucking his leg on my desk every time he talks to me. I am so uncomfortable. <laughs> I actually had a couple of teachers do that. I had another one in high school do it as well. And uh, he he liked to wear tight pants, and it, that one was way it was worse always the, the It was always the math or history teacher that also was a coach of something, right? I feel like that's oh, the guy history, it was. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like the history coach or yeah, that's all, the history teacher that's also like the baseball coach or <laughs> the track and field yes, coach. 100%. Yeah. Um whenever uh I would going over to a friend's house and them arguing with their parents was always pretty awkward. Yes. And then Yeah. I've got a all right, and then I've got uh got a specific one for you, which uh still think about to this day and probably at one point probably could have done some therapy over it. So, uh, I was in fifth grade. It was the last day of school in fifth grade. And, uh, I had my first girlfriend in fifth grade. We were, you know, nice little fifth grade boyfriend and girlfriend had a big crush on her. Uh, I assume it was mutual, but you know, <laughs> well, I mean, knows? you at least acknowledge that you knew who she was, right? Yes. Okay, you're off to a better start. All right, so last day of fifth grade, and uh, it's last day, so we're not doing anything. Like, we're just goofing off the whole day. And uh, I remember, like, at one point, we were, like, a group of us were, like, joking and, like, laughing. And I was laughing really hard, like, on the ground. And then uh, I remember I, like, I was like, oh, I got to sneeze. And I sneezed. And I farted at the exact same time, oh. but like obnoxiously loud. Like I just like ripped a huge fart at the same exact time that I sneezed. And then I remember like there was like four of us, like just in a little group, like joking around. And one of them was like, did you just fart? And I'm like, no, 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 it's, no, it's something else. I sneezed and uh, scratched my, my foot, got caught on the carpet. Oh man. Oh, like, I, like, wow. Yeah. For like a month after that, like I thought about it every day. Yeah, and I was like, I just, I just farted super loud in front of my fifth grade, my girlfriend, and it, oh. it was so, it was so. Did you guys remain boyfriend girlfriend after that? Yeah, luckily it was the last okay. day of school, so I didn't see her for a couple months. Oh, okay. And and uh, I, I think if knowing what like ten year olds are like, I would imagine if I would have seen her the next day, might have been a little for different. sure. Yeah. But, um, well, because the peer pressure, yeah. right? Like her, fr like everybody oh. would have been like, he farted, and then she would have been obligated yeah. to break up with you at that point. A hundred percent. Yeah, I would have broken up with me too. Yeah, <laughs> that was by far the most awkward moment of my life, though. Oh yeah, that's good. That's a good one. All right, this is this is like not at that level, but I hate when this happens. Like. I think to most people. So I think most people can probably relate to this. So I'll just use the grocery store as, as an example. You're at the grocery store. You're like, you know, going through your aisles to get your food. You run into somebody, you know, that you haven't seen in a while, right? 
So like you're obl- you're obligated to like stop and do the you know how's it going like what's new with you what have you been up to and you end up having this like five to ten minute you know small conversation to kind of like just catch up and then you both go your separate ways. The problem is you end up like crossing paths like six more times in the store, and so like after you've already done the like we've caught up thing. Then two aisles later, you go down the same row again. And then it's just like, do you keep acknowledging the the person beyond that? Or do you like just go on about your business? Like, because it's it's terrible. Like, what do you do when you're basically like every other aisle still crossing paths? That was like, hey, we meet again. There you are. We we've already had our catch up. Like, what do you do? Do you keep acknowledging them? I don't I don't know what the, the correct answer is, but it's awkward. That is, that is, that is awkward. I, hell, I feel awkward just doing that with strangers, especially if it's like a female. I'm like, this lady thinks I'm following her. Yeah. Like we're down, I've been down the same aisle as her every time. Yeah. Like she is a hundred percent convinced that I'm following her. So like, then I start getting paranoid and I start like looking at her a little bit more to like, make sure that she's not like looking at me feeling uncomfortable, but I'm probably making her feel uncomfortable by like continuously, like making sure that she's not like freaking out that we're on the same aisle a bunch and like so i end up making it worse but it's still like yeah 100 percent. if it's somebody that you know it's definitely awkward like if i feel awkward with somebody i don't even know i can't even imagine that yeah somebody like do i talk to them or do i ignore them like is yeah. it rude to ignore them yeah i, I, I like I, I don't know what to do beyond that it's just like that, yeah, that was, i want to just go on about my was, business but it feels weird like, I feel awkward just running into people I don't that even if I know them, I feel awkward running into people that I'm not expecting to run into. Well, yeah, that that too, for sure. I mean, that's uh like nobody likes that, right? Like I I can't imagine that there are people that like enjoy doing that. But like if you if you do have the run in and you do have the interaction, to keep running into that person beyond that yeah, is, is like like I, I I don't know. Maybe next time that happens, I will just like remove myself from that area for an extended period of time and then go back just to like hopefully avoid the uh, multiple meetings. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, you know what? I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to check out and then I'm going to come back in the store and get about the rest 10 of what I need. Yeah. Yeah. So that we're uh, not I forgot like... something. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I was going to say like, oh, if you... oh, oh. Okay. Like run into him again. Like, oh, I forgot something. I, you know. Yeah. Um. All right. I've got another. Another random one is like when you can't hear what somebody's saying and you say what like three times or so, and then you still don't hear what they're saying, but you're at that point now where it's just like really awkward to, like, keep asking them to repeat themselves. So at that point, you just cash it in and then you act like you heard them. So, like, at that point, they could be saying, like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to, like, go kill your mother. And then you're just like, oh, yeah, you smile and nod because, like, you just, you, you've reached the awkward stage of, like, asking them to repeat themselves. I don't find that one that awkward. You don't? Okay. I find it frustrating. I find yeah. it frustrating, but I don't really find it awkward because I've been on both ends of it. And right. it's just both sides. It's just incredibly frustrating. Yeah. And, like, I don't, Yeah. I, I do have a problem though, like 
we talk, like I mentioned earlier, like I can never remember people's names the first time I meet them. Yeah, same. And like, I feel awkward. Like there's like this huge, like awkward moment. The next time I see them where like, I don't hear anything they're saying because the whole time I'm trying to think of their name. <laughs> yes. Dude, I, I know a bunch don't... of people that I've spent multiple evenings with that I literally like, because you miss that window, right? Like after you've hung out together like two or three times, you miss the window to ask them their name again. But like after the first time, you like, you remember the person, you just don't remember the name. So you feel awkward like on the second meeting and you don't want to ask their name again. But your your window for that time is still open to ask the name. But then like the third and fourth times, like if you still don't know the name, like your window has closed to ask. So now you're just like hanging out with this person at the, you know, random events or whatever. And you're like, I know you, like, I, I know things about you. We've actually hung out and spent time together, but I can't remember your name. Dude. And like the so thing bad. that frustrates me too, is like, it's not that I don't listen when I first meet them. I just like, for and it, for whatever reason, and it's doubly frustrated me because I know I can remember names. I rem- like easily remember like sports names and like random facts and cities and like all that stuff. Like I can remember all that crap. So I know I can remember names, but like when I meet somebody and I don't know if this is just like me unintentionally just like saying that they're not worth remembering, which makes me feel like a crap human being to just be immediately like this person's not valuable in my yeah. brain. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, I feel so guilty about it, but Apparently, there's some, like, research or, like, theories or whatever that uh, your brain can only remember, like, 5,000 names or faces at a time. Oh, wow. So, my brain is full of names. Right. Just from following sports for so long that I'm like, well, (laughs) my brain is like, well, I met this person that I'm talking to right now. Yeah. I could either forget... I could forget who uh, Brian Westbrook is and remember this person, or I can not ever learn this person's name and I can there remember Brian Westbrook was a pretty solid kick returner in the NFL. Yeah. So I think you're. I think my brain's just yeah. kind of a jerk. Yeah. I I, I can buy into that. Um. This was a really awkward moment. So. This was uh, like. 2010-ish when I was first getting into sports radio. So I was, uh, when I would take showers, I would practice like doing a sports radio monologue. So I'd get in the shower and I would do like a show open and like whatever was, you know, the topic that day. I would just like practice, you know, because it's not an easy thing to just talk to no one about sports and make it entertaining, right? Like that's a difficult thing to do. And to be honest with you, I'm not even a fan of doing it now. Like, I don't like monologuing. I would much rather converse with somebody than just talk to myself. Um, And I don't even, like, that's not the kind of sports content that I regularly consume either because I just don't, I I don't know. I'm I'm not a big fan of it. But, you know, when you're first getting into sports radio, it's something you you at least need to learn how to do. So the times when I would practice it would be while I was taking a shower. Uh well, one day, so I did this almost every day. Like when I'd be showering, I'd just, you know, welcome to the show, blah, blah, blah. Today's, you know, and just kind of do this like five, five to 10 minute monologue while I, while I took my shower. 
So this one day I like come out of my apartment. I'm walking to my car and this guy's like, Hey, what's up, man? And I'm like, Hey, how's it going? And he's like, uh, are you in sports radio? I was like, uh, yeah, I am. And he goes, Oh, okay. I'm your neighbor. He's like, I hear you. Uh, I hear you doing your sports radio bit every day. And I was, <laughs> I was like, dude, maybe okay, no, top that's... five most embarrassed I've ever been in my life. No, no, that is on that guy. That is on, that is on another man walking up to you and be like, Oh, I hear you in the shower. He's like, yeah, I hear you that, every day. Like that is a hundred percent embarrassing. Awkward. I could never imagine walking up to a stranger and be like, Hey man. And I'd never met this up, guy. Like, I guess he was my neighbor, right. I guess, but I'd never met him. Hey bro. I, hear, I just hear you in the shower. Yeah. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Had some tips for you. Maybe some pointers. Right. It's so awkward. That is on him for being on. Uh, he established and built a skyscraper in that awkward moment. That was all him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, I mean, shower's a great time to practice, right? I remember when yeah. I was a kid, I would like play. I'd like play my sports game. I'd like, play, play Madden or something. And then uh, like if I was playing with uh, – I was playing with the Titans or something. Yeah. And uh, like I'd get in the shower and I'd do like a mock interview to Steve McNair over the game that was just happening in Madden. Like, oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. You got all, you always, shower's a great time to practice for, uh, for whatever you want to do. Right. I mean, Singing, you're not, you're not doing anything. Yeah. There's no, there's no, you know, distractions. Like you're kind of in this like, uh, place of solitude. Yeah. I would do, I would, uh, like, I would do like studio shows on my own, like oh, well, trade rumors. Yeah. Now imagine yeah. if you walked out of your your house that day, and then like random stranger that you'd never seen before was like, "Hey, I cut your interview with Steve McNair today." Yeah, so stupid. Dude. Like, what kind of psycho walked what? up to another person and said that? I thought I was alone. Like, ugh. yeah, yes, yeah. It's perfectly normal to be the one in the shower doing that stuff, but. To be the guy person that walks up to a stranger and brings it yeah. up, that is weird. Yeah. But yeah, it made me feel super awkward. Because you I mean, there there are countless times where it's like you're doing that and then you're like, oh shit, that sucked. I'm not gonna do it that way. And then you like try you know what you know what I mean? Like it's so yeah. like you're like, oh god, he heard all those. That no, dude, like, that's <laughs> that same guy poops with the stall door open. Probably. Yeah. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Kind of boundaries, people. Yeah. I could do a whole, like, I could do a whole show just on, like, embarrassing stories, but we could, we might do I'm that. I'm pretty hard to embarrass at the, as an adult, but there was a, I remember there was a baseball game and uh, I dropped, like, I had two consecutive batters hit, like, easy, like, routine pop flies to me and I dropped both of them. That one was pretty brutal. Yeah. I uh I didn't live that down for a while. I I smacked the ass of a woman in a grocery store that was a stranger on accident. So I that's, had that's bold. It, well, it wasn't on purpose. So I'd gone to the grocery okay, store. Well, I got to, it was oh, a Walmart. Hey, so I'd gone on. to was the smack an accident or was the fact that it was a stranger an accident? The fact that it was a stranger was an accident. Okay, that's the still bold to just go like, all right, I recognize that, but <laughs> well, no, I <laughs> went to I went to Walmart with 
With someone, okay. Someone, okay. yes. So it wasn't like I was there on my own and I just thought I recognized and decided. Like, I, I went I to Walmart with someone and at some point during the, like, grocery shop adventure, I think I decided to, like, go look at something in the electronics or, you know, somewhere. And when I came back to that same area, there was somebody that, like, was wearing a very similar outfit had their hair, like, same hair, same, like, you know, hairstyle, like, bent over grabbing something off of a bottom shelf. And I thought it was the person I came to the store with. And so I walked up and smacked him on the ass. And uh, as she turned around and I saw the face and realized it was somebody completely different, I, I you know, it's the, the Snickers, like, want to disappear moment. I just oh. was like... Was there like any acknowledgement or like conversation or was it just like, uh, and then just like walk away? Well, she turned around and like, I think she realized by the look on my face that I was so mortified by the fact that I, like, I think she realized that that was, I had made a big mistake and I was like, I am so sorry. I thought you were somebody else. And, uh, she actually let me off the hook. She was like, you know, she ended up just being like, no big deal. You're, you're good. No worries. But happens all the time. I was just, I thought like this person's going to call the cops on me or this person's going to slap me or, uh, well, if it would have been 2021, it's probably a good chance that, Oh yeah. Yeah. Luckily this was, beautiful. yeah, this is, this was probably like 15 years ago. So that's, yeah. that's right hilarious. in the sweet spot of being able to get away with stuff like that. But yeah. Probably, I swear to you, you though, have, dude. Did you, like, run into, did, did you run into her on the, every aisle from oh, there on God. out, too? <laughs> no, because I disappeared. I left that area, went back to electronics for like 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a full-on, like, I'm just going to go home yep. now. Get out of, yeah, leave, leave the area. Don't risk running into this person on multiple aisles again. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Dude, I was 1,000% sure that this was the right person. Like just, well, you have to be, I, I, I don't think I'm going to be 92% sure and go up there and yeah. just like, all right. Yeah. You're not going to smack somebody's smack ass them. that you think yeah. there's a chance is not the person you came to the store with. So, Oh, and it was a good, I mean, it was a good ass smack, like palm on cheek. Like it, it created a really good sound. Like it was oh a solid, solid ass smack. Uh, that I think that that no that definitely beats any any of my stories. Like I just I just farted in front of a ten year old girl when I was in fifth grade. I didn't uh, slap a stranger's ass. Oh man, I've I, I've got a whole list of these that I could do, but we'll, uh, we'll we'll save some of them for another time. That are along like those lines where it's just like oh no no why did this happen to me. That's pretty, that is pretty, that's pretty rough. Yeah, for sure. All right, buddy. Uh, always fun. Uh, unless there's anything else, we'll uh, wrap this one up. No, just uh, super excited to watch some bad basketball tonight. And, uh, I don't know, man. I'm ready for football already. Yeah, amen. Amen to that. Um, I, I guess we should just leave it on this note. Swing away on 3-0. Yes, for the love of God, hit that home run. Hit it to the next state, please.
All right, Aaron Davis, Colby Daniels. Always appreciate appreciate you, buddy. All right, see ya. Thanks to Aaron Davis for joining me on the Colby Daniels Podcast, presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're looking for something to help with pain, anxiety, or just an opioid alternative, Artisan Botanicals has what you're looking for. Plus, we're saving you 15% when you order online. Abotanicalcompany.com, discount code Colby Show at checkout for 15% off your online order. Again, abotanicalcompany.com, discount code Colby Show, Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Everybody stay safe, have a great day, and I will see you tomorrow. Podcast is over.